0: An unsurpassed penetrating and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas having it to see and listen to to remember and accept i vow to taste the truth of the tathagata's words good morning everyone uh it gives me great pleasure to introduce our speaker today, Denke Raul Moncayo. Denke grew up in Chile, was introduced to Zed in Paris, and after 30 years in, in 2015 retired from serving as a psychologist in the Latino community at San Francisco's Mission Mental Health. He came to BZC in 1978 and at the invitation of Sojin Roshi in January 2019, established Blue Mountain Zendo, El Cerrito. He recently completed a book on Lakan and Chan Buddhist Thought with Chinese and Korean colleagues that will be translated into Chinese and Korean. Denke is a Zen teacher as well as a practicing Lakanian analyst and the father of two grown-up sons. Please give a warm welcome to Denke. Thank
1: you, Ross. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you and old friends from Berkeley Sense Center. And uh, thank you for your introduction, uh, Ross. I want to start uh, with a minute of silence for the war that's going on. It's a serious war. So let's observe a minute of silence and take peace. Okay, thank you very much. Today, I want to uh, use as a segue for my talk uh, from Not Always So, uh, Suzuki Roshi's fascicle, pure silk, sharp iron. Last week, one of the Sunday school children saw me sitting sazen and she said, I can do it. She crossed her legs and said, now what, now what? Now that I have the physical posture, now what? I was very interested in her question because many of you have the same question. Now what? What's happening in my mind or in my heart? You come here every day to practice Zen and you ask me, now what, now what? I don't think I can fully explain this point. It is not a question that can be answered. You should know for yourself what, what is it? What is this? By the way, the, the title of my talk is like this, like this. So, We sit in a formal posture so we can experience something through our bodies, not by my teaching, but by your own physical practice. Uh, So physical practice is not a, Zazen is not a physical culture, Uh, but it means that the meaning of the teaching is in our own bodies, in our own body-mind but we experience it with our bodies. After you have full experience of mind and body, you will be able to express it in other ways as well. So without sticking to formal posture, even though formal posture is important, you naturally convey your mind to others in various ways. So we have to use various ways to convey our, but our mind to other people. You will have the same state of mind sitting in a chair or standing, working or speaking. It is the state of mind in which you do not stick to anything. This is the purpose of practice. Yesterday, a Japanese visitor was speaking about Japanese literature. Japanese people have been studying Chinese characters and Chinese culture since about 600 or 700 AD. So that's the time of the Tang dynasty, which was a cosmopolitan center for the world. And that's where Xuanzang brought the, the Mahayana Sutras from Nalanda University and everybody celebrated. It was a great celebration for the people And so everybody was drawn to Chang'an, which is the modern city of Xi'an including the Japanese. And after using Chinese characters, they established their own way of writing. The same thing will happen here with our practice. 100 years after the Japanese government stopped sending students to China to study Chinese culture, we had an exquisite Japanese culture So will we, ha- will we have an a exquisite American scent culture in a hundred years? That's what's at stake. It's been 50 years. So we need another 50 years. How are we gonna make it there? Meaning how will we continue the lineage and not let it die? So there was a lot of freedom. So there was a lot of freedom in in Chinese and Japanese culture at that time. All the artists and scholars were free to study the arts, philosophy and religion, and they tried various disciplines and they had good teachers. So they tried various disciplines, they studied the arts, they studied philosophy and they studied religion. And that mix led to a wonderful uh, Japanese Zen culture. The work that followed the Fujiwara period was not so good. According to my visitor, some of the later calligraphy was too formal and shows too much of the artist's ego. We cannot see any personality in their calligraphy. The personality we see in art should be well-trained without much ego in it. I think you can understand the difference between personality and ego. Ego is something that covers your good personality. Everyone has character, but if you don't train yourself, your character is covered by ego. And then you cannot appreciate your personality. So it's interesting, you know, because over the years, we've talked about the teacher's personality and, and the teacher's uh, dharma side. But here, Suzuki Roshi is saying the personality is the dharma side uh, and the ego uh, is the ego side or the what we call the personality side. Um, Maybe it's just semantics. But personality has double meaning because it can mean mask, so that's the ego, or it can mean personat in Latin, which is to sound through, the sounding through of the Dharma. That's the personality that Pastor Roshi is speaking about. So through long practice and training, we get rid of ego. And we don't like that expression so much, get rid of ego. But the next thing he says, puts it in in place. A word in Japanese that expresses his training is narrow. Narrow is how we refine silk by washing it many times so that the threads are white and soft enough to weave. We also use the character for iron. We temper iron by heating it while it's hot. You know, the expression, uh, hit the, uh, but is it hit, hit it when it's hot or, or, or when it's hot. Oh, it's the, what's the uh, object? Strike when the iron is hot. Strike when the iron is hot, thank you. So that's what we do in sashim. In sashim, we strike when the iron is hot. Because then we're, melt- we're melting. I remember one time in Sashin, I went to Dokusan and Sojin was w- melting. Uh, so we're like iron melting. That's like the egoistic stubbornness, you know, iron. So it has to melt. Uh, to transform and turn at the basis. But when we have conversations with people we have to sometimes we have to strike when the iron is cold. so only in zazen we strike when the iron is hot because it's just with ourselves. Uh, Buddha is helping us uh, transform. So uh, there's no nobody else. You're striking, hopefully, because if you strike at somebody else when the iron is hot in sashim, not so good. So it has to be contained. The energy has to be contained without leaking. If you leak, uh, then it creates problems. So through training, you rub and wash your ego. Rub and wash your ego. You become quite soft, like pure white silk. So our mind becomes like quite soft, like pure white silk. That's very beautiful. Even though you have strong desires, you may still have strong desires, but you don't cling to the objects of desire. That's what we, uh, with practice, we learn not to cling. So the problem is not so much that the, the, the desire is the cause of suffering. The problem is that the clinging to the objects of desire is the cause of suffering. When you don't cling to the objects of desire, desire turns into a pure form of desire, which is the same as Dharma, compassion, emptiness. Even if you have strong desires, if you temper them enough, you will have strong, sharp iron, like a Japanese sword. Well, it's a sort of wisdom, it's not, a, it's not a physical sword. The physical sword is conditioned. The sword of wisdom is unconditioned. So that's why war is not glorious anymore. That's how the world has changed. It's not glorious to go to war anymore. There's no pride for men to go to war, to fight stupid wars. And the whole world is waking up. I'm not saying there won't be any more wars, but I think that there's a change in how we think about war and how we think about aggression and aggressivity. Not so proud anymore of power and aggression. So this is how we train ourselves this is not something for need to talk about, but something I must show you by my everyday life. And here's the Roshi, so sweet. He says, this is not something for me to talk about, but something I must show you by my everyday life, which is not so good. So is our everyday life any good? Ha? Or do you mind it the way? But ordinary mind, everyday life, not so good. So how do we bring, how do we enlighten? How do we uh, break all of our, not all maybe, it's too radical, break some of our bad habits in daily life? That's what the, the monastic training does because you're all practicing together and you're all seeing each other. So you're kind of watching each other out, you know, But when we practice at home uh, and with other people, we have to do that for ourselves. And then he says, I'm I'm afraid you will study only my weak points. I don't think we spent too much time talking about Suzuki Roshi's weak points. Maybe he spent more time talking about Sojin Roshi's weak points, which he didn't hide. He didn't hide his weak points. Maybe some, sometimes he did. Uh, But uh, the the koan that Sojin Roshi left us is um, the practice of perfection that includes all our mistakes. There is no practice of perfection without all the mistakes, as we know, as Dogan said. Um, but the fact that it's a big mistake and there are degrees of mistakes that teachers make, okay? Grunge. But within reason, if we uh, go after our teacher's mistakes we make a lot of serious mistakes in life later on. So we have to give our teachers and our parents the benefit of the doubt that just because they make mistakes, that doesn't give you the right to not respect them. And if you do that, and many of us have done that, we make more serious mistakes in life. Um, So we have a situation where the, the, the kids are running rampant and the parents are in timeout because of some mistake of the parent. And that won't, won't lead to a success, successful culture, I believe. Plus you had the aggression and the guns, you know, and then uh, disaster strikes. We should know why we practice saazin and we should be able to tell the difference between something that is good and something that just looks good. So just look good is not the same as good. And sometimes the good doesn't look good. But there's a big difference. Unless you train yourself through hard practice, you will have no eyes to see and no feeling to appreciate something that is truly good. Only when many people have the eyes to see or to feel something good will we have good teachers and students. This is mutual practice. Buddha was great because people were great. When people are not ready, there will be no Buddha. So when Bodhidharma went to China, the emperor wasn't ready. So he went off and sat for nine years until they were ready. And then four students came. That's hard practice. (laughs) Um, I don't expect every one of you to be a great teacher, but we must have eyes to see what is good and what is not so good. This mind will be acquired by practice. Even in the Fujiwara period, Chinese culture and calligraphy were far superior to Japanese. The Chinese people had various brushes and always used the brush more than the Japanese people did. The Japanese had fewer materials to make brushes. We had lots of bamboo, but few sheep or animals from which to make brushes. So our training in calligraphy was more limited than that of the Chinese people. Historically, Buddhists have been very sincere about this point That's why we have Dharma transmission. Chinese masters especially put strong emphasis on transmission. It is necessary to master the teacher's way completely. Before you're free from it. That is very hard practice. That is why it takes such a long time to be a Zen teacher. It is not knowledge. It is not some power. It is not some privilege. The point is whether a person is trained enough to be like pure white silk, and very sharp iron. So, <clears throat> so Sojun died about uh, a year ago. Uh, I think it's recently was his anniversary. Or, Few months ago, and I think today Hosan announced the the date for the Green Gulch uh, ceremony. And recently, also Nhat Han died. So the question that arises is how we continue to practice after the teacher has died. Dongshan, who's the founder of Soto Sen in China. Uh uh Chaodong, Chan is called. So to Sen is called Chaodong Chan in China. Dongshan announced the end of his life several days before the event and used the opportunity to teach his students one more time. In response to their grief, he told them to create a delusion banquet. And after a week of preparations, he only took one bite of the meal and telling the students not to make a great commotion over nothing, went to his room and died. So it is normal to love and grieve the teacher. And at the same time, we need to find the teacher in ourselves and in others. Meaning, excuse me, We need to find a teacher in ourselves, Uh, not be looking outside. That's the the teaching of the lineage. But uh, other people uh, or a second teacher may help you do this. Otherwise we become dependent on others and we're not a free person. So, the, the poem of the Blue Mountain says all day long, they're together all day long, uh, depending on each other without being dependent on each other. So we depend on others, but we're not dependent or cling. So when the Buddha was 80 years old, he was very sick. He knew he would not live much longer. And he was visiting all his disciples and going around giving talks. Dharma talks about practice recommending different practices. And he knew that he was dying. And so he told them, you shouldn't take refuge in anything except yourself. But of course yourself means your true self, not the ego of isolation. Uh, and Tignat Nhat Hanh, uh, gave us this, the, used the Pali uh, Sutras Uh, to talk about how we need to return to the island of ourself, where it is is, uh, um, peaceful. Um, So you go home to yourself. Um, So the Buddha knew that his disciples Uh, relied too much on him, they depended too much on him. And what would happen when he was no longer in the world? What would happen to his students and their need need of him? So he wanted them to rely on themselves and that's why he said, be a lamp unto yourself. So the thing is, Suzuki Roshi would have said, go back to the island of no self. That's the real you. Because if you say, go back to the island of yourself, people may misunderstand and think that is a kind of retreat from the world, or as a kind of uh, selfishness. So, because no person is an island, an islands, actually, that's just, it looks like it's an island because of the water, but it's not really an island. It's still interconnected. So there's those two sides of practice. Uh, um, um, uh, seeing completely through yourself and practicing with a teacher and with other people. And so the, 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 you know, in the Theravadans, I think they do Sushi everybody in a little hut, right? So they don't have the tradition where we all sit together uh, in, a, in a Zendo or a chantang. They sit in little huts. So that's the island of self. But they, I don't think they understand that as being isolated. So when Dongshan uh, took his leave from his master Yunian, Yunjian asked him, where are you going? Although I'm leaving you, I have no idea where my next stop will be replied Dongshan. Are you not going south of the lake? Yunjian asked. No, said Dongshan. Then are you returning to your native town, asked Union. The answer from Dongshan was again no. Then Union said, "Come back here soon." And he added, "After you leave here, it will be very hard for us to see each other again." Said Master Union. And then Dongshan turns that upside down, and he says, "In fact." because he was just talking about, we won't see each other our physical presence, right? So he was talking on the relative side, but Dongshan turns it on the absolute side. And he says, it will be very hard for us not to see each other again. In fact, I will constantly be seeing you even though you're dead. And then he says, After you passed away, how can I answer someone if he wants me to describe what you were like? And that's where he said the famous words, just say to him, this is, or just this, or like this. So just this, what does that mean? I'm not gonna explain it, okay? Um, But the one thing I will say that is not a particular, this cushion. Well, it is a particular. This cushion as form is relative and as emptiness is absolute. So just this is breaking the duality of form and emptiness. What is it? Dongshan kept silent for a while, then Yunjin said to him, you must be careful as you're carrying this great teaching or this great thing. So being careful, that's very important. The teacher has to be very careful, both in body, speech and mind, because words have consequences. Dongshan was puzzled, and later when he was crossing a bridge, he saw his image reflected in the water and saw himself as water. So he didn't see his specular image. It's not the image of the body in the mirror. It's the wider body. It's water, body of water. And he suddenly understood the teaching of Yunyan and he composed the following gatha. I go my own way, wherever I go, I meet myself. This is the real you, whether practicing alone or with others. Another translation of it is, when alone, I proceed through myself. Again, that's not isolation or selfishness. I meet him wherever I go. He is the same as me, yet I am not he. So that's a kind of cohen of identity. The teacher is you, is in you, but not as uh, something, although some, some said teachers have this dialogue right with their teacher or they talk to themselves, right? As if the teacher was talking to them, but that's not what we mean. We mean that the is in you as you, as you being completely yourself, you're being completely yourself, you're completely the teacher. That's the koan. Or your father is in you, but I'm not my father. Your mother is in you, but I'm not my mother. I am me. But as me, I am my mother, as me, I am my father and so on. So um, so we find the teacher in ourselves. He didn't go anywhere. No coming, no going, just this. Be yourself. And be kind to others. Thank you very much. I wanted to, before we open questions, I just wanted to say something. Uh, We're in the uh, practice period at Blue Mountain. As I think I sent an email to the larger Sangha. And... uh, uh, James Kenny is our our Shuso, and as you know, is uh, Sojin gave him the name Dainin, and I gave him the name Doshin. Uh, Dainin means great patience. Like Suzuki Roshi said, one of his shortcomings was impatient, being very impatient. So he developed great patience. So Sojin gave James this great. Koan with his name, and, and I gave him uh, the name Doshin, which means way of heart. And so I just wanna mention that we'll have the Shusa ceremony. We have to change the date, um, April 1st, Fool's, April Fool's Day. So it'll be interesting um, how the, the Dharma Fool manifests. And it's Friday, April 1st at 10 a.m. and you're all invited. Uh, we do have, um, you know, we require vaccination uh, for, uh, uh, and if we're going to be a lot of people uh, who come in person, uh, we should wear masks. Um, but uh, otherwise, you're welcome to join us in soon too. It will be a, a great occasion. And uh, I also want to say, uh, Ross uh, said uh, our, our center is called Blue Mountain Zendo, which was the original name. And that's what I wanted. But we had a complaint from the East Coast from another Zendo, called Blue Mountain. And so I talked with Hosan and various people and so we decided to change the name so that it wouldn't be because they said that we were infringing on their, on their um, rights or whatever. So we changed the name to Blue Mountain uh, Sense Center of El Cerrito. So that's the official name now. Although we're, not, we're more of a Zendo than a, a sense center, but we had to change the name. So anyway, welcome your questions or comments. While we wait uh, for the questions, the one thing I forgot to say uh, my name is Denkei. Sojin gave me that name, um, Imo Denkei. And Denkei uh, is, ca- Den is the Chinese character for field, and uh, 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 Hui is the character. We thought it was blessing, so Sojin gave me the name Denkei or Denkie. But I, in researching it now, I found out that it doesn't exist in Japanese and it doesn't exist in Chinese. Um, so uh, I'm still using it, but the the character. Uh, for blessing is the character for w- w- we, which is the wiening. Um, But weineng in the platform sutra, when you read it under different translations, um, is not blessing, but is uh, beneficence or something like that. Um, so uh, my Chinese students have given me has suggested, uh, Tenhui, Denke Tenhui, ten um, as the, as the uh, correct Chinese name for the characters that Sojin gave me. Um, so I just wanted to share that.
2: I invite Jeff Taylor to unmute yourself and ask a question. Thank you, Denke. You were talking about when a teacher or a parent makes a mistake that might cause a child or a student to question respect and that we must give respect in all of these cases. How does the teacher or the parent understand their mistake? Um. Hmm.
1: Well, first we, we should know that this, the, 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 the history and the story of Zen teachers, one mistake after another. And the people who are all pointing fingers at the teacher often are not free of blame themselves. And Wing Yang said, if, if you are yourself wrong and you point other people's wrongs, you will be evil or you will create evil. So first we have to correct our wrongs and the teacher should be aware of what their shortcomings are. Just like Suzuki Roshi said, he was aware of his shortcomings. He was impatient. Um, He was uh, absent-minded. He was distracted. Those were his mistakes. Sojin had other mistakes, but so do we. And so do groups. And it's part of the relationship between the group and the individual. And so the teacher, the Buddha, lives the sangha, but the sangha has to also live the teacher. If if the teacher uh, uh, has the the concern of the sangha uppermost, um, uh, and the, the the students overrun the teacher, that eventually is not going to produce a good outcome. So I'm talking about small mistakes. I'm not talking about big mistakes. So big mistakes have to be dealt with differently. So it doesn't mean to give the authorities or the parents a carte blanche, but it's hard to parent. It's very difficult to parent. Parents are struggling with all kinds of difficulties. So sometimes do they lose their cool, yeah. Now, that doesn't go into abuse, of course. That's, that's what I'm talking about, something different, but there are a lot of gray areas. And in the gray areas, I think that the culture would do better to give the teacher that otherwise we respect the benefit of the doubt and encourage them to work on themselves. And the teacher should continue to work on himself or herself whether in practice, whether talking to another teacher, whether going into analysis or therapy, there's no shame in self-exploration and growth.
2: I was thinking about the nature of entre between us. The nature of what? Between us, it's a French term, entre nous, it's between us. So in our relationship between teacher and parent, between teacher and parent and student and child, when I make a mistake, how do I understand that mistake in terms of what, what happens next? What do I do? And in thinking about the nature of the relationship, you pointed at Sangha and you pointed at individual relationships, how do I behave and what is my understanding and how do I use that as a teaching moment both conditioned and unconditioned teaching moments.
1: Well, for example, you say uh, you say to your child, "I ask you to do something and ask you twice, ask you three times and then the parent loses their cool and starts yelling. right? That's a mistake. You shouldn't lose your cool, but people do. Uh, so, um, sometimes if it's too bad, they should apologize. And sometimes they just lose so their cool, they're human. We, we have to forgive that. Sojin lost his cool with me. He hit me. He got angry sometimes. But I knew that that was just the moment Maybe he shouldn't have hit me. Uh, that's part of Japanese culture. In India, the Buddhists didn't hit. The Buddha didn't hit anybody. But it's part of it Japanese sin. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was angry, pissed off, you this, and you teacher this, and you know, But the next day, I was angry and he wasn't. He talked to me normally. I was still angry holding the grudge. So I knew that I was, I had to work on my grudge, not go after him for what he did to me. Does that answer your question? Thank you, Robo. You're welcome.
2: Uh, There is a question in the chat can you say something about your return to the land of our ancestors, bringing American Zen and Lacanian analysis to China?
1: Yeah, well, the the thing is that the Chinese need their culture to understand Western culture. So the, the Chan, the Zen, also helps them appreciate their culture, But also an inroad into Western culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, And on the other hand, the Chan makes a a little bit uh, of Lacan uh, perhaps more accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, But there they don't have that split. You know, uh, the same audience, I can go talking from Chan to psychology psychoanalysis philosophy it's not broken down and the audiences are not broken down in the same way that they're broken down here um, so I have a uh, so there's two there's two uh, vehicles. Um, uh, one is with my students, I've established a center in Beijing. And then there's a, a, a Chan lay teacher in China, um, who has uh, Chantan, Sendos in different cities of China. And she also has them together with uh, health clinics. And the health clinic provides both Western medicine and Chinese medicine. Um, So I've been invited to come and uh, lead um, Sashin there. Uh, But I'll have to not wear the the robe Uh, because in China, you can only wear the robes in designated monasteries. And the designated uh, monasteries, the hierarchy of them have to be uh, in accord with the government I don't don't judge that. Um, I think there's a lot of complex reasons, but on the one hand, the government has adopted Buddhism. That's a big historical step. The government has adopted Buddhism and Judy Woodruff had a program on it. You may see it on YouTube So they've made a big move, but they also want Buddhism to support the government, to support the goals of socialism, uh, to have the welfare of the people uppermost. There's some, you know, not that difficult from a Buddhist point of view. Uh, to have the the people because that's that's what all the chinese teachers said lao tzu Kang Tzu, you know all the winang you know all the teachers all they said the leaders had to be kind to the people I have the concern of the people uppermost that that's the chinese um, you know that's the ancient chinese so um, so if you if you practice in a Chantang that's not in a monastery, then uh, you can't wear the robe um, because they wanna separate religion and the state. So I'll have to wear, uh, uh, but they're also into recovering Hanfu, the traditional clothing from the Tang dynasty. So all the Chinese are starting to dress like the Tang dynasty. And the Tang Dynasty, the dress was a kind of variation of the of the robe. It's a kind of uh, making lay the Buddhist robe. That was the clothing of the Chang Dynasty. So now they're starting to wear that. So I, I'm fine with with sitting with, uh, um, you know, a Hippari and a raksa so 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 that the practice can be useful to people and be accessible to people so i'm i'm not going yet because you know china is not open and there's a there's a quarantine of a month and you have to be in a hotel isolated so i don't want, i'm not going to do that so i'm going to go once they open it up that answer the question? Of course.
2: Any other questions? We have time for one maybe. Um, Hozan sensei, please.
3: Thank you, Denke. Uh, Really fine and deep talk. I'm curious, um, you know, my Dharma name Kushiki uh, was also subject to some questioning uh, on the part of uh, our, our Japanese Soto friends. Uh, and, uh, but it, it didn't say it wasn't a name. They said it, it was a very unusual name. But I'm wondering, um, in your case, uh, I'm just curious. Do you have an intention to uh, revise uh, Denke to use a different name?
1: Well, I'm I'm I'm
3: com- which I can completely understand.
1: I'm comfortable with Denke now. Okay, and I'm comfortable with uh, in accord with Sojin's intention in giving me that name. So I would be in accord with his intention if I did anything to change the name, because I think he would understand. Um, But I don't know if I'm gonna do that, but I'll have a a Chinese name uh, for the chantang, Tianhui.
3: It's interesting in some places what people are doing are they're using their, uh, the translations of their name. Like uh, I think she's here now, our friend, Luminous Heart, Uh, And, you know, you would be field of blessings uh, and we also have, you know, so anyway, I'm just, I I just as curious. It's a conundrum. Uh, I
1: wouldn't translate it into English.
3: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that myself either, but I'm just saying that it's done. And I like Denke, you know, it it feels good in the mouth.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think in China, you know, uh, I, I'll use a Chinese name, mm-hmm. hui mm-hmm. uh,
3: And are the characters the same?
1: The characters are the same because ah, okay. the characters are Chinese, right? So the Japanese right. names are in Chinese characters. So the the den is a field, and it's the character of a field, a square, and then the the we way is a really complex character, but. Uh, so it means uh, field of beneficence. Actually, in the in the in the translation of the Platform Sutra that I've been studying with uh, uh, Chinese students, um, there's a different translation, right? So he says uh, that it's not um, it's not a blessing because he has a he has a negative view on blessings. He thinks that asking for blessings is uh, gaining mind. That's yeah. That's what the, the Bodhidharma was, uh, the, the, the emperor was seeking blessing, So that's why uh, uh, Bodhidharma turned him down. And so actually it's interesting that uh, Wineng has a kind of critical perspective on, on so he doesn't the translate, the character is not translated as blessing, is translated as uh, beneficence. Uh, it has many meanings, but among them beneficence and literary benevolence.
3: Right, so in, I guess in this name, and I would think as Sochin intended it, uh, whether it's blessings or beneficence, it's the active principle that is generated from you, not received by you.
1: Right, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I mean- That's, 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 the, so that's the, the active principle what you're saying yeah. is that that's a kind of renomination that the name has to be in accord with the active principle that comes forth from you.
3: Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, so, just one more question, which is that. Uh, so the two characters, mm-hmm.
1: those work together.
3: Those are not problematic.
1: No. The, okay. The, the first two, emo. Yeah. Emo uh, would be in Chinese would be Wu Qi. Wu Qi Tianhui. Uh, but, um, uh, but but they're the same characters. Yeah. The, the suchness doesn't change. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for your question, Kozan.